Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Champions League Tuesday recap. Real Madrid show everybody why they are still royalty of this tournament. And Man City just about get that win against Borussia Dortmund. We've got Jimmy Conrad to talk about both games. Recapping Tuesday's action. Champions League. Que golazo begins right now. What's up, everybody? Que golazo Tuesday. Champions League recap. Woo, baby. What an evening, Jimmy Conrad. We saw some coming, some of it not. It was pretty, pretty good. What do you think? So I guess what I'd like to say is I want to apologize to Real Madrid. I think that experience matters. I believe that in my heart. And even though Liverpool has got plenty of experience, I just thought Real Madrid were something special today. I thought that Zidane had his tactics exactly right. I think that Klopp missed out on some of his tactics. And the players that you expected to perform at a high level for Madrid did end up performing at a high level. And the ones that you were hoping to did as well. And I thought there was some drop-off from Liverpool. That first half in particular, very disappointing. And then I thought Dortmund showed up, dude. I thought Dortmund came with some heat. They had great energy. In first 20 minutes, they were all over Manchester City. And then they made one mistake and City punished them and they were down 1-0. I was like, well, that's why City's City. If you make a mistake against those guys, even a half mistake, they're going to absolutely punish you. So, yeah, lots to talk about from both games, but uh, very intriguing second legs. Both of them have been set up. Yeah, absolutely. Let's begin with Real Madrid, Liverpool a little bit more here. Uh, I, I echo what you said. I want to uh, publicly apologize to <laughs> Real Madrid. You should never question Champions League royalty. It's it's honestly so important in this competition to kind of like just, you know, just have that experience and that sort of um, confidence, no matter what comes at you. All right, we don't have Sergio Ramos. Okay, fine, we'll deal with it. We don't have Rafael Varane. We'll deal with it. Hazard's been injured all, it's fine, right? I think it's funny. I think that there are teams that are better equipped for continental competition than there are for La Liga or any other league. But having said that, you know, they are the defending league champions. So I don't know what we're talking about. I just, I echo what you said. Experience takes you a long way. It's a Champions League team. And I think Zinedine Zidane, honestly, I'm not joking. He probably looked at that 7-2 that Aston Villa did against Liverpool and kind of like used a few things because, you know, not all three goals, but the first two, um, you know, they capitalized on that high line against Liverpool. So I've got a lot of issues here. I think I'm going to do a Coach Jimmy later about that first goal that Vinicius Jr. scored. Yeah. Mainly because Tony Cruz has the ball. Everybody knows that Tony Cruz is a dynamite player in particular, but he can pass. And when there's no pressure on the ball, the only thing you can think of as a defender is we're going to drop off. It's not let's hope and hold a high line and everybody's thinking the same thing because if one person drops off just slightly – then you're screwed. The whole high line doesn't work. So with no pressure, it's an automatic cue as a center back or an outside back to then drop off or to follow runs. 
And I thought that one was on Trent Alexander-Arnold because he could see the ball. He could see Vinicius Jr. in the same line of sight, whereas Phillips, the, the center back, couldn't because he had he had Benzema in his line of sight, and he also then had Vinicius Jr. off his right shoulder. That's on Trent Alexander-Arnold. He obviously made the mistake for the second goal, so it wasn't a great half for him. After he had a man-of-the-match performance against Arsenal, I really thought he was going to kick on and be excellent in this game, and he just was the opposite. I do want to say, though, Madrid did a very good job of, on a defensive standpoint, pushing everything into the middle of the field. And I think what is the old adage, whoever wins midfield wins the game. And I feel like we didn't give enough credit and respect, not just me or you, but in general, everybody's like, oh, Liverpool's on a great run. Madrid's a little uneven, you know, missing all these players. Yeah, the triangle. The but Cruz, they have the triangle. Yeah, yeah, Cruz, Modric, Casemiro. <laughs> yeah. They were better than Kaita. Let's talk about that. I don't know why Tiago Alcantara yeah, didn't start. Neither. Kaita got pulled off in the 40th minute. So Klopp acknowledged that he made a mistake by starting him. Then Fabinho was a little bit off of it today. And then uh, Gini Vinaldum was not uh, great as well. And I just thought that Madrid were just better in midfield. And that's where a lot of the action happens. And, and Diego Jota didn't have as much of an impact. And I thought Militao and Nacho, I don't even know if they played together. I went to go look to see and I couldn't find any games. So they started together at least this season. They were, guys, they were up for it. They yeah. just were just up for it. Sometimes you just need your center backs to be up for it. Just be difficult to play against. You don't need them to win the game for you. You just don't want them to make any mistakes. And we saw those mistakes from Liverpool because that's essentially what you want from their center backs or back line as well. Just don't make any mistakes and then we'll be fine. But they made some mistakes and they got punished for it. Yeah, well, you clearly saw, uh, to your point about that midfield, that Zidane was like, listen, like we know what's going on at the back, so let's let's help our, our teammates. Let's mm -hmm. help each other out. Let's protect, right? And that Tony Cruz, uh, Juan Roman Riquelme-esque <laughs> pass um, was so deep, right, that you could see that. It, it basically came from, like you said, everything down the middle. Vinicius Jr., by the way, um, the game of his life, I think, like uh, up to this point. Uh, from a Champions League perspective. Um, I talked about it on CBS Sports Issue. I'll say it again. He was my first ever piece for Sports Illustrated. I always have a soft spot for Vinicius Jr. And the, and the, and the headline of that uh, piece when he was 16 was, you know, is he the real deal or is he a cautionary tale? And we have seen moments where we think, you know, that it could be the latter, right? That you're thinking, we don't know where this is going. Uh, Vinicius Jr. a little bit uh, unstable, unre uh, unreliable, but, you know, we forget how still young he is mm -hmm. and how much Zidane depends on him on that wing, especially because Hazard's out. And today he went at Liverpool, the defending Premier League champion, and he did so many good things. That second goal, that first time finish, remarkable performance from Vinicius Jr. Yeah, and... You were with me this morning on CBS Sports HQ. I had mentioned Vinicius Jr. and Asensio. They yep. have to, if they run with purpose, because you can get inside those outside backs for Liverpool. If you run with purpose inside those outside backs while the two young center backs are being occupied with Benzema, there's going to be space to be had. And sure enough, the first goal, uh, the second goal, maybe not as much, but but there was that. And Asensio was doing the same on the inside of Andy Robertson and come I mean, they had a chance. Kabak had a bad back pass to Allison that, that could have been scored by Asensio as well. Allison got a toe on it to, to push it wide. I mean, they they needed to have that type of game. And, and nobody could have predicted that Real Madrid would have scored three goals without Kareem Benzema being involved <laughs> in any yeah. of them. Yeah. The guy scored nine goals in his last seven games. You, you think that he was going to be involved. For Vinicius to have two, Asensio to have one is, is really impressive. And I think it speaks to... The, the, the maturation, not of Asensio. He's been around for a while, but definitely for Vinicius Jr., who, and you, we've seen it in the past. We've talked about it.
when, when he would make a mistake or he wouldn't make that, that right decision in the final third, you could see Kareem Benzema getting pissed off. You could see uh, everybody else around him putting their hands to their heads. Like this kid will never figure it out. And to your point, Luis, I think he figured it out tonight. It was, it was a statement performance. Now the hard part is, and this is where it gets tough for young players. Can you build off of that? Because consistency is where it gets a little lacking at times for young players where all of a sudden he'll have this, but then he'll disappear for five games. They need this, this version of Vinicius Jr. He doesn't have to score two goals every single game, but he has to have this type of influence where he's stretching defenses, where he's making good purposeful runs. Ultimately, that's going to open up space for Asensio and Benzema and anybody else to come in and fill those gaps uh, that he's creating for them. And so, yes, a great performance. Zidane, again, I can't applaud him enough for for uh, getting his tactics spot on and, and getting the most out of his guys who were on the precipice of, of having big performances. So what does Liverpool do next then? 3-1 uh, down, uh, you know, they, they got uh, Villa this weekend and then they got to figure out uh, what happens in the second leg. Uh, w- what do they do? First of all, come on, Jurgen Klopp, rethink your midfield here, right? I was really surprised that Jurgen Klopp just didn't roll out the same guys that played well against Arsenal. And maybe that threw off the team as well. I mean, what else do you want out of your guys? That was their best performance from zero to 90 minutes this whole season. So, okay, maybe Diego Jota was the spark plug that made a difference in that second half that led to the 3-0 win over Arsenal. But maybe you just continue to start for Mino. Allow Jota to come on as a super sub when legs are a little bit tired for the other team. Maybe that was the difference. And then the fact that he didn't start Thiago Alcantara, who is a Champions League winner, Obviously, very, very experienced player. And we went with Nabi, Nabi Kaita. I like, I like Nabi Kaita. But just in terms of what kind of message that maybe sends, I'm sure he had conversations with these guys. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to speculate as to him not liking one or the other. But he clearly saw something tactically and as to why he wanted uh, Nabi Kaita. Nabi Kaita got subbed out in the 40th minute. And it didn't look like an injury, and he was upset. And rightfully so. I, I just feel like Jurgen Klopp, as I mentioned before, raised his hand and said, I... I made a mistake. I should have started Tiago. Why? I don't know why a manager decides to do it five minutes before halftime. Can't you just, just to save that player some embarrassment, can't you just yeah. wait until halftime? So there's a couple issues, and I'm curious as to how he's going to explain that afterwards. I've yet to see. Well, the only manager that ever does that, and you never question it, is Marcelo Bielsa. Uh, so Jurgen Klopp was taking a few pages of Bielsa's book, but I agree. It was, it was, it was, it was a weird one. Just wait till halftime. I guess he was worried that maybe another goal was going to come in, but it was a weird one for sure. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, so let's just say, okay, that's done. He's going to learn from that. The players are going to learn from it. What I would do initially is I would bring all the guys in. Let's watch a video of, of just the three goals that Madrid scored. First goal, preventable. Second goal, bad header back to Allison, preventable. Third goal off of a throw-in, right? Liverpool, I think, are the, one of the few teams in the world that have a throw-in coach. So that's unacceptable on a lot of different levels because <laughs> yeah. they should know better. So you have three goals that are, that are preventable. And I think that's where I would start as a coach. We two of them, had- though, Jimmy, two of them, uh, sorry to interrupt, two no. of them were, uh, you know, kind of quintessential, though, because, like, you know, Liverpool press so high, or at least they have such a high line. you got to react quicker than that mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. There, there was, to your point about Trent Alexander-Arnold not anticipating that run in between the lines for Vinicius Jr. in the first one and then the second one as well. You know, so that's that's interesting to me. So I'm wondering, is that Sedan outmaneuvering Klopp mm-hmm. or Klopp just not thinking uh, about that? I think that's a, for me, straight ball, straight run is kind of how we would say it. Like, especially Trent, he can see everything. He's yeah. got to anticipate it and pick it up and run. He obviously, that was, he's a, he's been a defensive liability all season. Uh, we saw Hingman's son, if you guys remember Liverpool Tottenham game, he found that same exact pocket 
that that kind of exposed that area between a young center back and Trent. And a lot of a lot of teams have, have, have exposed that. I thought, though, given how well he played against Arsenal, that he was going to be maybe move past that and and be like this this I don't know maybe last season's version of Trent Alexander Arnold. So it's it's um it's tough. I I don't know. It's going to be it's it's Trent Alexander Arnold. I'm curious to see how he handles this on a personal level because he has to raise his hand and take responsibility. You know what's ironic is that we've been talking about how great it's been for Fabinho to go in the midfield. I feel that this is when Fabinho really needed to be at the back to really just maybe oversee a few things. But anyway, uh, a good performance from Real Madrid. Again, we apologize, almighty Real Madrid. Uh, Liverpool have that one away goal, though. They so do. there's still a lot it's to a play goal. for. Yep, that's right. There's plenty to play for in the second leg. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk about Man City. It was a win, but not a tremendous... Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. The convincing one. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back to Kego Lasso. It's our Tuesday Champions League recap. Jimmy Conrad, Manchester Hi. City. Hi. Hi, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> Man City, they, they, got, they got the win just about, though. And also, they were very fortuitous because that Jude Bellingham issue, I mean, we'll talk about it in a second, but my goodness. But hey, 2-1 against Borussia Dortmund, and uh, it was 1-0, and then immediately Phil Foden got it. But just at the end of that game, uh, thoughts on this game as Man City uh, lead 2-1 uh, as we look at the second leg? There's a lot to unpack here. I would say, starting with Borussia Dortmund, they looked very similar to how they looked in the first 20 minutes against Sevilla in the previous round in leg one. They were up for it. Their energy was good. They were fighting for everything. Everybody was working together, and they were in control of the game. Then Emery Chan makes one mistake and they get absolutely punished for it. If you guys get a chance to see Kevin De Bruyne. Blink of an eye. I so That guy is so good. He's always looking forward, whether he's going to pass it forward or he's going to run into the space. He's so good on the half turn. That guy's, he's at his peak. I, I Every time I see him play, the weight of his passes, it's just, I don't want to say Zidane-esque, right? I, that, that seems like too lofty of a comparison. But the guy is... But it's really it's starting not, to define it's what a, it's not a crazy thing to say, Sedanas, by the way. Sorry, continue. No, no, but he, he's 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 really defining what world class looks like. And I think if you're world class, you consistently bring that type of level game in and game out. And I think we're seeing that on a more regular basis from Kevin De Bruyne. I think he's really responded to being the captain as well. So yeah, lots to be pleased about with that regard. And obviously he was influential in setting up both goals, scored the first one himself. I'll just say really quick about City. They had a chance to put that game away a lot earlier. And because they didn't, because of some heroic defending and, and goalkeeping and, and, and City just being wasteful, some chances, maybe not having as much composure in the right areas, they're going to rue that, I think. And now I put out a tweet, which I took back after Foden scored. I think you did the same thing. I, I, I wrote exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, <laughs> never <it's>, mind. <laughs> yeah, because City, City, you know, and Pep with City, he's never got past the quarterfinals before. And once... Borussia Dortmund scored, and they deserved a goal, by the way. Once once they scored, I thought, oh, crap. Uh, 
it, this could happen again. And I fear it still could because Borussia Dortmund have that all important away goal. Absolutely. It's only two, one. And, and I could see Pep overthinking again, right? It's, it's lending itself to Pep overthinking again in leg two. It really is. And Dortmund who might not have much to play for, because I don't even know if they're going to finish in the top four. I don't think they will now in the Bundesliga, maybe top six again in the Europa league, which means Sayonara to good old Erling Holland. Cause he's only going to want to play in the champions league. This could be their only avenue. This could be their only avenue to make it happen is winning this competition. But they got to obviously get past City. I I still give Dortmund uh, a a chance because of the over-tinkering that we know Pep does. And I could see him now getting into his own head, like a genius questioning the genius, you know? And it's interesting. And I I think Dortmund has enough. And I think they've done enough to have some belief, Luis, that they can pull off the miracle in leg two. Absolutely. And here's the other thing. You think Erling Haaland is not going to be looking at this game and thinking, all right, what can I do differently in leg two? And that's exactly going to happen. Here's the other thing. Uh, we always, uh, we were praising uh, on CBS Sports issue, all of us, you know, how Pep Guardiola, how he does it, how he rotates and everything. And still, um, we're still standing by that. They're amazing because still win the quadruple. The only th- question mark, again, back to the overthinking as well, is sometimes this is when you really do need a number nine. This is where you really do need somebody that can sort of just unlock the the opponent's back line and and really just be clinical. A Sergio Aguero type, uh, Gabriel Jesus, you know, so I, I thought they were a little too compact. I don't want to say narrow because that's not what, but they were too compact. And I think that, you know, maybe, you know, really just focusing on a number nine and then leading from the back and then going a little wider could have helped them. Having said all that, I think it's true. I think they really rude a few chances at the beginning. Uh, and also that Jude Bellingham thing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that was not a foul. No. And that should have counted. And and who knows, you know, so they got away with the one there. Uh, but yeah, well done, Borussia Dortmund, because, you know, without Jadon Sancho as well, because Jadon Sancho plays in this game. And I don't know, man, <laughs> like, it, and Man City played to the rhythm that we just saw, then maybe it could have been a different scenario. But 2-1 stays, Phil Foden saves the day, uh, uh, a great vision from uh, Gundogan to just lay it off and then Foden to uh, score. They didn't celebrate because they knew that they got away with one. So, so what I find interesting, and I believe we've talked about this before, there was clearly some space that they tried to take advantage of against Borussia Mönchengladbach. So the other Borussia team in the previous round where they try to find that back post space and have somebody drift into it. And I find it interesting that when you watch the second goal, if you guys haven't seen the game, go watch the highlights on CBS Sports. Kevin De Bruyne looks for that same ball, and Gundawan does drop into that, that back post area. He takes, obviously, very good composure, finds Phil Foden. Phil Foden says, thank you very much for the tap-in, and now they're up 2-1. City definitely work on this. They, they work on identifying it. It's a very hard ball for a center back to defend, and it's also tough for the outside back who might be caught in between two minds because he still probably has somebody out wide of him, and it's in that gap. It's in those gaps, and when you have players that can pass like City can, it, it, it's unreal. Uh, not say, but it just unlocks a few things and it makes it very hard for a back line to, to stay compact and, and together. So I would continue to look for that because I've now seen it so many times. I consider it a pattern. And I consider it something that they're thinking about and talking about. So yep. we'll be interested to see how City continue to, to move that, especially in the Champions League moving forward. Obviously, City, the heavy favorites going into leg two. I was impressed with a few performances. I do want to say, though, Erling Holland and Ruben Diaz, who you mentioned, and, and I'll have to agree, could be up and should be up for player of the season in the Premier League this season. He got into a foot race with Erling Holland. They went shoulder to shoulder, and only one man was standing at the end of that, and it wasn't Ruben Diaz who got thrown to the ground. Yeah, I mean, Holland is just an animal. I, I, I was like, okay, all right. So, so if he's auditioning 
for, for a strength test or if any, yeah. any teams are watching him, obviously he set up the second goal as well with a, with a, a cheeky pass uh, to Marco Royce. Uh, I, I, I thought Holland did enough. Obviously he didn't get on the end of stuff. He was a let's say sloppy. I thought his first touch maybe wasn't as clean as we've seen in the past, but he did enough to say, I'm here. I'm Erling Holland's. I can hang with the best defense in all of Europe and hear me roar. He just yep. didn't have the roar, the roar part because he didn't finish roar. it himself. Uh, he's still influential. <laughs> and, and I'd be very surprised if Sydney keep him off the board in leg two. I think he, he's, he now knows what that feels like to go up against Stones and Ruben Diaz. He now knows where those pockets of space are, and so do his teammates. I, was, I will say the one thing I was disappointed about was Gio Reyna not playing, and they went with a 19-year-old who had never started a game before in his career. Um, yeah, it's That weird. was disappointing. I, I, I mean, that kid might be – I don't know much about him. He might be amazing. But I, I want to see Gio Reyna. I'm, I, my bias as an American is showing. Well, um, we've seen enough of Gio Reyna to show that he probably deserves something. Uh, and by the way, to your point about Holland, like it's what I said at the very beginning. It's, it's, it, it, you know, it, if he doesn't have the right support, there's so much that he can do against a side like Man City. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's important to remember that, you know, at the end of the day, it's about taking your chances. And Holland is so good. And this is what I told our friend. Do you enjoy in the CBS Sports issue? He's so good in the box, you know? And, and right. when you're facing Man City, it's just not going to be, you know, that easy to take care of. But guess what? 2-1 and all to play for. All right. Well, that was our Champions League Tuesday Amazing. recap. And we'll be back with much, much more, including Wednesday, because after Tuesday follows Wednesday. Um, any final thoughts, Jimmy Conrad, before we say goodbye? I can't wait for tomorrow. That's what I can't. It's <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow. Chelsea Porto. It's just, it's all kicking off. Uh, I love the Champions League. And then, of course, we have the Europa League to look forward to as well. Absolutely. And our preview, by the way, comes out early uh, on Wednesday. So make sure that you listen to that for Wednesday Champions League. And we got so much more. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. Thanks, Luis. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a five-star rating, review, and comment and question. We love to read them out on the show. We're on Twitter, Gayo Pod. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, CBSSports.com, wherever you listen to your pods. If you have a small speaker, like one of those smart speakers, just say to it, hey, Siri, or hey, uh, I don't know, what is it, Apple or Amazon Echo? I don't know, whatever it is that you have, just ask for Kego Lasso CBS Sports and we'll be right there. Have a great, great day. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.